All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, people are asking in the chat. They're saying, did they forget to go live? Quad's getting some last-minute gritty practice in. As promised, we did say if there was any response to Jake Wallman for hitting the gritty, and look, Nils Hoglander just got fined for a cross-check on our side stick, whatever it was, we're going to get into all that. I'm knocking it out right away. I'm getting it out of the way. I will do the gritty. I promised I would do it, and we got a wide shot in the studio. Harmon, you, you're there. People don't see you on the camera, but you're there. Uh, have you seen my heart, um, my gritty? I have. I'm very excited for this. Okay, so I'll move extremely. I'm gonna rate this somewhere between Zadorov and Wallman. So I watched a bunch of tutorials this morning, and basically what I learned is that you gotta like tap your feet, like a heel toe tap, is what I watched in the video. You do a heel toe tap, and then you add a hop right on top of that, and then you just throw in the hands and you do bees. I don't know why. I don't know what for, but. You do bees. This is what you do with your hands. And it, so, heel toe tap, right? I got that going. And then you just throw it up and you just. That's slick. That's right. That's right. That's smooth. Slick. Yeah. And you can go backwards. So, that's how I spend Damn, my Damn, you're looking like a young Jake Wallman. So, I've watched tutorials a lot. And, and we'll bring Harmon in. Um, great. We'll make the transition. But I've watched a lot of tutorials and uh, I had to learn. I had to learn how to do it. Um, we we gotta fire up the show properly now. Um, Grady's got to zoom in my camera, so I'm gonna tell you. <clears throat> I'm a little out of breath after that. That's not a it's quite an indictment on me. I'm gonna tell you about our presenting sponsor. Not sure if they will be after seeing that. Uh, it's Toyota and the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. 
Whew. The BZ4X is Toyota's brand new all-electric SUV that is designed to go the distance for you and your family. The BZ4X is packed with Toyota's coolest tech, but it still has that trusty SUV feel you know and love. And even though it's electric, it's capable of effortlessly conquering any terrain, whether it's rain, snow, mud, or your friend's questionable post-game recaps, or watching me do the gritty, the BZ4X will get you through it all. And of course, we are coming to you from the iconic Wall Center in downtown Vancouver. Looking for your next meeting space? Contact the Wall Center for all your event needs at sales at wallcenter.com. Speaking of the Wall Center, Harm, we've talked about many times how there's a giant window that looks into our studio, and sometimes people will stop, look, uh, sometimes people take pictures, uh, all that sort of stuff. And I, I'm, I'm happy to say there was no, nobody watching when I just popped out the gritty. Well, I'm hearing that the, tr- the Detroit Red Wings are offering you a PTO. They're on the <laughs> phone right now. Well, you know what? harm. We need your co-host. <laughs> oh, we've got, okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to go through some of the response to that, that we got. Uh, Karan, oh God, cancel the show right now. Uh, people really liking it. There's a bunch of, a uh, bunch of people saying they love this show. Proud of you. Someone clip that. Don't worry. We're going to clip it. And RP88 pointing something out. That winded quads a bit. It did. It's, I don't know why. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because I do an ad read right after it, but uh, it did. It winded me a little bit here. Uh, Nar, quads doing the gritty. Had some Richard Simmons vibes. You know who Richard Simmons is? I don't. Oh, man. I, I got to pull up Richard Simmons for you. Um, he was like, a, he did um, home workout videos. That's Richard Simmons. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll have to show you some videos after. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I like that. That's a good pull, Nar. Um, Captain Canuck. <laughs> Captain Canuck getting robbed at gunpoint. Give me everything you've got. Insert clip of quads hitting the gritty. <laughs> well, next time you walk into the Canucks locker room, you better watch out. Well, yeah. Someone's going to just cross-check you. I've got moves for the watch party, which is next Thursday. It's coming up fast, folks. Get your tickets at nationgear.ca. All right. We started a little late today, so we're not going to waste any more time talking about the gritty. Well, the gritty will come up on the show, but I'm not going to do it anymore, and we're definitely not going to talk about me doing the gritty. Uh, we have to talk about, as the title suggests, Jake Wallman's tough night as the Vancouver Canucks take down the Detroit Red Wings by a final score of 4-1. to one. Moments before our show went live, Niels Hoaglander find the maximum amount by the NHL 2,468 or something like that. Um, he was fined that amount by the NHL for high-sticking Jake Wallman. That was the second high stick on Wallman last night. The first one was from Pedersen, obviously on a follow-through, so it wasn't a penalty. But Hoaglander, yes, at the end, and then P.S. Suter as well, getting tied up with Jake Wallman, who finished as a minus three on the night. Yeah, you couldn't have written up a better revenge script for the Canucks than what unfolded last night. I mean, right from the opening face-off, you could tell that the Canucks had a bone to pick with Wallman because Garland on the first four check hit Wallman a little harder than usual. Now Garland's not the biggest guy, so it didn't really land as a thunderous check, but you could tell there was some extra mustard on that. Plus Garland had a couple cross checks afterward. I don't know how much uh, the TV cameras caught that, but from the press box away from the play, you could definitely yep. see it. And you're like, okay, yeah, there, there's going to be uh, some stuff going down tonight. Then, of course, most importantly, the three goals against and the loss. I mean, the way the goals unfolded as well, Lindholm's first one, the shot goes through him, right? It's a cool drag move by Lindholm in a one-on-one situation. Wallman can't make the defensive stop. Then Lindholm's second goal, which iced the game in the third period, 
it's Wallman caught up, caught up the ice, leaving his partner, Mo Sider, out to dry uh, on an odd man rush. So minus three, as you said, <laughs> plus the Zadorov, plus Zadorov doing the oh, gritty back. Tons of tears coming out of the penalty box. S- slamming him, slamming his, uh, his stick. Yes. And, and, and that was... Oh yeah, sorry, it wasn't the penalty box. He was at his bench and he slammed his stick at the glass. And then I, I texted this to you because you were at the game. I was watching the broadcast at home because uh, I ended up having to do rink wide, as people yesterday noticed. Um, Zadorov mocking him, mocking the dance moves. And look, as somebody who knows how to do the gritty, now that wasn't the gritty. He wasn't doing the gritty. He was he it, was mock- mocking that yeah. he was doing dance moves, which is fair. But yeah, Zadorov he can't be part of the club of well, people who do the gritty. He said he was asked about it after the game smiles and goes well i'm not as good as the guys in reddit doing that which uh which i loved and even when thatcher demko he was asked about going for the empty net goal zadorov's zadorov was like yeah if they're gonna do dance move dance moves after overtime goals then we're gonna try uh goalie goals on the empty net plus i don't think the tv cameras caught this but when Suter and uh wallman got into it Wallman just kept chirping Suter in the box. Yes. It was so funny because Suter is like an NPC personality. <laughs> so he, he's just completely ignoring Wallman. Wallman's just so pissed, barking, keeps barking. Meanwhile, Suter's just casually sipping from um, the water bottle as if he can't hear Wallman at all. And you just know when you're pissed off in a situation like that, the worst thing is when the other guy doesn't respond. Yeah, when the other guy doesn't care. And then you get mocked by Nikita Zadorov. Like... Tough. And and look, there, there's so many different things to get to from this game, but one of them that I really wanted to bring up was Nikita Zadorov, really, as Jeff put it last night on Rinkwide, really playing like he knew that nobody on the Red Wings would be dumb enough to challenge him. Like, oh, he's yeah. big, he was bigger than everybody on the Red Wings. And something I brought up Jeff last night, Harm, and I'll bring up to you as well, is with a game that had a playoff-like feel to it, and Zadorov is doing that where, you know, he's skating with a confidence where he knows that nobody can touch him. I would like to go through every playoff team's roster and figure out who they have on their team that could take Nikita Zadorov in any capacity. Like if they, if they could take him on in a fight, if they would go after him in a scrum, anything like that, because look, the guy looks like he's swatting flies when anybody comes at him in a scrum. Like it was hilarious. He was looking over everybody in every scrum he was in last night. That's important as well, given that the Canucks are playing or, you know, might end up playing Vegas or Edmonton in the playoffs because you see Oilers fans talking about that golden Knights series and, Vegas, their roster is massive. And you certainly heard some Oilers fans saying we would have liked to see their roster step up to the plate mm-hmm. a little bit better in that situation, even though Edmonton has some bigger bodies as well. They've got Nurse, they've got CC, they've got Evander Kane. But when you think about how big some of these Pacific Division teams are, it really goes to highlight how valuable it is for the Canucks to have Zadora back there. Um, Myers, even though he's not the most intimidating presence, he's still a big body. Susie, obviously not even in the lineup. Joshua, not in the lineup. Uh, it's important for the Canucks to have this sandpaper. And it's an area that was sort of addressed on the fly, really, because mm-hmm. Vancouver's toughest players last year were probably Luke Shen and Kyle Burroughs. Yes. In terms of guys that would drop the gloves. That's a fantastic point. In the extracurricular activities, both guys left. Yes. So that's been addressed on the fly and addressed pretty successfully. 
Yeah. And we had the clip there. Uh, credit Sportsnet for that one. We played the clip of Zadorov uh, doing his little dance move. Again, not the gritty, not the gritty, but uh, doing his little dance move there. And Tyson Cole has already clipped it for Twitter. And I know we're going to do that as well. I know Grady's going to get that, going to clip uh, me doing the gritty. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And there it is. There's uh, Zadorov's gritty as well. All right. Um, okay. So many things to get to from last night's game. Uh, Charlie Cole, who listened to Rinkwide last night, said, just so everybody knows, uh, there was a lot of Juleson talk on Rinkwide last night. So, yes, it's going to be 50 straight minutes uh, on number 47 from Quads for sure. And he's kind of right. He's kind of right, Harm. Because Noah Juleson had such a strong performance last night, especially on the penalty kill, where it feels like he was the Canucks' most important penalty killer last night. He had good body position. He had good stick position. He was doing everything that I've seen longer than everybody, apparently, uh, doing everything right, Noah Juleson, last night. And I really, really liked what I saw from him. And Mike Liu, our guy who writes the statsies over at Canucks Army, where he dives into the analytics for each game, uh, Noah Juleson finished with the second highest expected goals of any Canuck last night, second only to Quinn Hughes, also had the third best Corsi percentage after Niels Huglander and Elias Pettersson as well. Stock's rising, baby. Stock is rising. And I, I bought low. Like, I, I bought it before everybody else. I'm just throwing it out there. You didn't buy it low? I bought because, it right. No, uh, no, okay. no, no, hold on. If Noah Juleson was a stock, he's going like this. He's going like this. Boom. Here's the quads point right here where I say Noah Juleson's the third best defender on the team. From this point forward right here, I have people saying, oh, you're so wrong, you're so wrong, are you related to the Aquilinis, all this sort of stuff I was facing. And then, boom, that's where it is now. You skyrocketed. a good point, but buying it low would okay, have been... Right. When Jim Benning bought it. <laughs> kind of, yes. But it would have been in late October, early November, Yep. when he looked brutal, and I was criticizing him. Yes, right? That would have been the point where that's... you're like, I bought low. Yes, that's fair. That's, that's... <laughs> If you had said it then, I would have been like, dude, take your victory laps. You have this over me forever. <laughs> you bought it as a penny stock and now it's over a dollar. Yeah, exactly. That, that would be it. If I, if I bought it, if I bought it, uh, if I bought it when he was really, really bad at the start of the year before, you know, and look, credit to the player, he improved, but a lot of it comes down to coaching as well. He's getting some really good pointers from Adam Foote, Sergey Gonchar, and Rick Tockett's staff. Credit to the player. But he looked nothing like this at oh, the start yeah. of the year. Like there was there was miscues with the puck. There was a lot of looking over the shoulder. And Harmon, I'll even tell a story of one day when I came into the studio with you and Noah Juleson had played some minutes with Quinn Hughes um, in the game before our show. And I said to you, did you notice that Quinn Hughes was literally like cheating to show Noah Juleson where he was going to go with the puck? Like Quinn Hughes, super deceptive player for the opposition but when he was paired with Noah Juleson I noticed him like opening up his hips to show Noah Juleson where he was going to move the puck to like that was what we were looking at at the start of the year was a player who just wasn't an NHL caliber defenseman and now like I've been saying for a while now third best defenseman on this team I don't want to rehash that debate is he the best penalty killer on the team forward or defender but hands down best penalty killing defenseman yeah although uh, Tyler Myers has been the first over the boards and he's been, he's been playing well. Like he hasn't yeah. been playing well at five on five per se. Like he's been, he's had a few miscues there, but he's been good on the penalty kill all season long. And I don't want uh, all the jewels and love to get in the way of what Tyler Myers has done on the penalty. Cause he's been first guy over the boards. He's done an exceptional job of killing penalties all season long, definitely longer than Noah Juleson's done it this year. Uh, but right now it's hard to argue that Noah Juleson's this team's best penalty killer. Yeah. He... 
it's up there. I think the only reservation I would have is usage, right? Because if he's the best penalty killer, then why wouldn't talk it use him accordingly? Yep. Right. That's my only reservation because like, look by the eye, if you weren't factoring in ice time or anything, he's the most noticeable penalty killer in terms of making positive plays, shot blocks, uh, effective clears, always being in the right position. I don't ever see him making mistakes. His underlying numbers are great. Um, Put it this way among players who have second quote unquote pair PK minutes, it's probably up there in the NHL among best penalty killers for sure. I love that. I love that. Take that's a very niche. That's a very niche <laughs> sort of uh, area to be best at, to be one of the best second pair PK defensemen. But it's true. He's been save that, that impactful. Save that question for uh, Frank Saravalli next week. <laughs> we have one. Frank, where do you rank Noah Juleson among second pair? <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. He and does look. get some, I believe, um, first over the board situations. But like in terms of overall ice time, sure. it's like Heronix up there even higher yeah. than uh, Juleson as well, I believe. But I mean, credit to the PK as a whole last night. It's been their top 10 in the NHL since December. It's um, it's not that long ago that it was this team's biggest liability, arguably. Yeah. When you look at last season, the year before, it would. <laughs> Grady was testing the gritty clip in the back. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue to break it down. We have Wyatt waiting. We should get to him. Uh. Let's get to our guest today, Wyatt Arndt, who is brought to you by our friends over at Four Winds Brewing. Family-owned and operated in Delta, home to the Four Winds Light Light Lager, a crisp, clean, and easy-drinking beer, a beer for everyone, a perfect beer for before, after, or during the game. Ask for Four Winds Light Lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door right through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. Okay, we'll get them in. Uh, Wyatt, did you see my gritty? Oh, I forgot we have an intro. I think Intro first. <laughs> all right same question why did you see my gritty i didn't see it yet uh, i was still upset that you incorrectly told me how to spell it correctly uh, oh is that the gritty and we had a bit of a fight a little snafu between us uh but i had to keep you up to date on what's popular right now it's nothing unusual for me so yeah I, i'll check a- out your gritty later yeah, that was a Riz moment by me. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, you got. So I wanted to jump in real quick. Fun question for you because um, you're a very serious journalist. Wyatt, can you give me a ranking top three? Which Canucks would you think would be most offended by Wallman having done the gritty the first time these teams met? Like the main one for me, and it's going to be Thatcher Demko. And here's why we saw yesterday at the game, like when someone asked him about shooting the puck for the empty net and he kind of like, you can see him actually happy. And normally in scrums, he's gotten very serious with the media now. He doesn't like us too much, but he's kind of happy to talk about it. Then someone asked him, would you have done the gritty? And his face just shut down. And he's like, no. And he got very, very sad about it. <laughs> didn't want to talk about it. But that guy's got a history of dancing. Like he's got vines. We first started coming up with the team. He was dancing. He was known for doing little dances and shuffles. So I think he's just mad that he can't dance. Like, he wants to be able to do that, but he knows he's a serious professional now. He can't do it. So I think he's angry at Wallman that he would do the dance when he can't dance himself because it's bursting to get out. So Demko's my number one guy. Uh, clearly, JT Miller's number two because he hates everything. That guy's not going to be happy with that. Uh, and then the third one, I just think it's Zadorov because Zadorov's just a guy who's going to beat up the other guys no matter what. Anything that besmirches his team, he's going to be upset about. 
What did you think of Zadorov's gritty? It wasn't a gritty. As somebody who's been watching gritty tutorials all day, it wasn't a gritty. What did you think of him mocking Wallman's dance moves? Uh, he got the point across. And if he does the full gritty, then he would be kind of, you know, compared to Wallman. I don't think he's practiced it. I think it was off the cuff. Uh, but it was enough to get him it become uh, more of a fan favorite here. I think this is a guy that, you know, plays physical, stands up for his teammates. And how often do people, again, I talked about in the Stanchies, we often talk about storylines we'd love to see happen on the ice. Like, oh, this would be crazy if this happened. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if a Canucks like danced back at them? And it actually happened. And Zadorov did that. A little shuffle was all it took. And that, you know, that's that's a fun storyline, honestly. Like, we're all having fun about it. We're all laughing. Leafs fans are yelling at me for comparing it to the Riley situation. I'm in fights all day about it. Uh, the team matters right now, which is a lot of fun. So there's a lot of these dance movements from Zadorov. Like, he gets over with the crowd. People are loving it. Like, you couldn't have written a better script, to be honest. How excited were you to see Toyota come on as a presenting sponsor of Canucks Conversation? They, they clearly are buying into the Corolla Garland movement. They get it, right? They understand that, you know, they, they're the most reliable car in the market. Garland's the most reliable third line center in the market or winger in the market. Like they, it's the perfect partnership. And again, I wouldn't, I would expect nothing less from Toyota because they get it. They get it. What did you think of the third line last night? Ilya Mikheyev gets into that spot. Harmon and I were talking about it off air a bit. Uh, didn't seem like Ilya Mikheyev really seized that opportunity just yet. I'm not the biggest Mikheyev fan. Like I've been pretty down. I'm like, even when Kuzmenko was here, I was like, Kuzmenko's kind of overshadowing Mikheyev's kind of play. And Fair enough, he's had the knee injury. He's got to come back from the ACL injury. So maybe next season will be more of a better indicator of where he's at. But he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, defensively, he can be solid on the PK. I think he has skills. But just what we expect from that third line, like, they were they were perfectly fine. But that third line's been elite for this team. So McKeever dragged them down to being just perfectly fine. And, you know, they can get away with that for a bit. But one of the benefits of this team being so good is because that elite third line. And I don't know, like, again, yeah, it's just one game. Maybe McKeever will, you know, take some time to get the chemistry. But it just felt like, you know, there was a, there was a noticeable difference between Dakota. And that, that speaks to Dakota how well he's been playing, like charging to the net, being that physical presence. Like, it's unfair to ask McCabe to replace that in a sense. But if you're asking, like, how I thought he did, I just thought it was, you know, perfectly okay, which is not, you know, great. <laughs> Seems to sum up McCabe pretty perfectly. <laughs> just perfectly okay. He's fine. <laughs> like a little more. Offense I... goes to die. A gut goes to die when the puck hits his <laughs> stick. His shot is just this awful it's muffins it's worse than wellwood shot which i never thought i'd say about an angel player uh it's just he's like an appetizer you try to party you're like yeah it was okay i guess like that's kind of the response you always have to his play where like he's not blatantly ruining anything for your team you're watching but he's just there's no creativity there's nothing the puck gets on a stick you're just hoping he dumps in the corner efficiently like that's the highlight of a shift from him and you know that's not too exciting to watch I wanted to get your take on the All Swedes line. Lindholm gets a pair. Do you think the Canucks have really found something with that line combination? You know, Lindholm is we've kind of seen a couple of good games, a couple of bad games, and again, it's only been you know for the four games. But you know, that's kind of the thing with with Vancouver. There's always like anytime there's Swedish players, we just assume that they'll automatically be fantastic together. Like even the Sedins, there's always like, oh, this is a Swedish player, they'll be fantastic with them. So it's kind of what happens. But I do think there is some chemistry there. I think Lindholm's game really can benefit. Uh, Patterson, and you add in Hoaglander and just his style of play seems to be almost like the Alex Burroughs style of getting in there in the corners, but he's also smart enough to do something with it. He might not facilitate as much as Burroughs did, but he's got more of a finish than Burroughs did. So it seems like he's just, you know, able to produce five on five, which is something that that line, you know, would greatly benefit from. And again, early days, but watching that line, you know, it was good to see them kind of come through and even, you know, seeing the JT Miller line come through. Because I joked about it last night. It's fun that when Dakota goes out, the top six lines have to come together to make up for that, which has kind of been the truth for the last little while. Like the five of five production hasn't really been there. So obviously just Detroit, they're a bigger test ahead. But I think for me, I would definitely want to see the, the, that Swedish line, you know, continue forward. All right. Noah Juleson. 
What'd you think of his game last night? The Noah Juleson stock is rising, Stanch. Yeah, you know what? And that's the thing. Like, it's not like I, I joke around with you, but I've been on board with this kid for a while now because I initially was like, when I'm watching players, like, I think in this market, I've learned, like, early on in my days, I would make jokes that maybe bored on personal. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person that kind of, like, attacks too much. Like, that's that's offside. So I've kind of really kept it on ice. And But even for me, I kind of went hard on him early this season on ice stuff. Like, this guy doesn't belong in the NHL. He's terrible. What's he doing here? And it was really a strong opinion because I really thought he was playing terribly. But, like, he has made me look like a right stupid idiot on this one. Like, I'll own it. Like, I'm a dumb-dumb. I didn't get enough chance. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Uh, you are making me look like a complete jerk because uh, he's been playing fantastic. And there's a lot of kind of comments of tan of light. And that's a name you don't use lightly, but he has been playing that way, that very calm, smart game where he's getting in the shooting lanes. He's interrupting passing lanes. He's making those small passes. He's taking hits to make the play to get his uh, teammate open, which is like a tan of specialty, right? So for me, watching Jolson, like is even the control in his game, like that, the perfect example was that game where uh, Chicago, where Ronick does the slip and slide, they score, but Jolson stays in his feet, and he's really good at going down to one knee to block shooting lanes and get right back up into the play. Because I think one of the things for me is watching Ryan Johnson back in the day, he was the shot block specialist. Oh, Ryan Johnson, no block shots like he does. Cucks get him. This is perfect. You see him try to block a shot, he slides all the way out of the zone. I'm like, what the F? What? How is that effective? It wasn't effective. Like, it looks splashy, but it's not effective. Like, when it works, cool. When it doesn't, you're putting your team down. So, full credit to Jolson. Like, this kid's looking better and better. I wanted to ask, when you look back at the game last night, do you think how much of the game's result simply comes down to goaltending? Because it felt like Lindholm's first goal, for example, uh, the Zadorov shot from the point were ones that line would want to have back, whereas Demko was phenomenal, makes a couple of gorgeous backdoor saves that Rick Tockett pointed out, pointed out after the game would normally be tap-ins. How much of the 4-1 scoreline ultimately just came down to can I accept that Demko and the Detroit Red Wings did not? Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. We talk about how this team just took this giant leap forward out of nowhere. And last season, Demko was not, you know, the guy we thought he was because he was injuries, whatever it was. That was not the Demko we're used to. And look what happens. All of a sudden, you're like relying on platoon goalies and you know, Martin, Delia, everybody, whoever's in there, they're not able to do. They're giving you kind of that goal thing you saw with Detroit where like these goals would just go in. And so, yeah, now you're getting the benefit of the doubt. And that was always kind of the argument even during the, the good Betting years that when Demko played with his mind or Markstrom played with his mind, people would always say, well, what's the benefit of having a top goalie? And then there would be a big argument about, like, how good was the team really? Well, right now you've got the team firing at all cylinders, the fours and the defense and Demko going off, which is why the season's turning into what it is. And a large part of that is, yeah, Demko's making these saves. He's playing fantastic. He's playing like a Vesna candidate. And that allows them to have nights where maybe things aren't all firing. Because even the best teams in the league have ebbs and flows. And right now, when there's an ebb and flow, they have guys stepping up, whether it's the third line, the top six, the defense coming through. Or, you know, even Demko stepping in. Like, Carson Susie's a, a big player for this team. He's been out. Jolson stepped up. Like, every every time there's something kind of getting their way, someone's stepping up, and that's a testament uh, probably to the coaching, to the team playing well. PDO goes burr, whatever you want to call it. It's all coming together at the right time right now. Wyatt, pitchers and catchers have reported, and yes, I'm asking you about baseball. Uh, Fanatics, <laughs> in partnership with Nike, has created the MLB's new jerseys, and they look awful. Have you you've seen these? They're they're, they're a joke. They honestly look like you know this like a uh, third rate company. Uh, like I initially started with Fanaxing back when I ordered like an All Star jersey. It was the '94 style one because that's like oh it's my youth, my childhood. I wanted that jersey. I ordered it like months before the All Star game. Fanatics tells me oh be here at the All Star game the day of. I'm like okay weird. Month passes the All Star game. I email. I'm like oh sorry, we're out of them now. And I was like what? So I I was on the ball. So I hated them since then. I thought it was just me. Stories come out every week now of the the misprints <laughs> to the point where it feels like it's a sketch from SNL. Like it doesn't seem real. Like some of the stuff, like the tiny logos, the name being wrong, the numbers off, like it's 
it's crazy. Now it's got to the point now, Val, though, where the players are getting upset. So that's yeah. the first time I thought to myself, there might be trouble here when the players are mad. Because, like, if a player feels off, say a pitcher comes off the, the, the mound and says his pants weren't fit right, so you couldn't get into the groove. That's a problem now. Like, that will, even if it's just like superstition, that's now an issue that FanX has to, to take care of. So, it honestly, it's a trash company. It really is. Like, I have no problem saying that. Yeah. I, I was telling these guys about the joke, and I'll tell the listeners too. I once told you that we got a sponsor for the Stanchies, which I'm sure you weren't happy about in the, at, to start. But then I was like, oh, don't worry. It's just fanatics. <laughs> I sent you a fake. I always quit. I always quit that day. <laughs> I was about to do the gritty and quit. I was just, I wouldn't have been. <laughs> That's going to be my new way to exit Riz. Bad Riz. That, bad Riz. That's, that's bad Riz. Bad that's Riz. the worst Riz. <laughs> Wyatt, great stuff as always, man. Thanks for joining us and enjoy your weekend. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, boys. See you next week. Wyatt Art. That was Wyatt Art. You can go read the Stanchies over at Canucks Army and no, those are not sponsored by Fanatics. And people in the chat are saying, yeah, I'm surprised it took this long to get to baseball. I hear you. I hear you. But we are going to talk about the whole Fanatics fiasco. And I, in all seriousness, like obviously we do the baseball bit on this show, but uh, it's serious. Like Fanatics is going to be the NHL's official manufacturer, designer. Everything is going to Fanatics in 2024-25. Uh, so we'll get to it more in anyone else. But first, we got to tell you about a sponsor, and then we're going to get to Under the Hood. Brought to you by Mr. Lube. But first, I got to tell you about HSBC World Rugby Sevens. Western Canada's largest sporting event. This year is the ninth time the event has visited Vancouver as part of the World Rugby Sevens series. From February 23rd to 25th, BC Place is going to be the place to be. So get on down, grab your friends and your best costumes and head on down to BC Place. Tickets are on sale now at vansevens.com starting from just $40 per day. And if you want to go, we've got a four pack of tickets for the entire weekend to give away. Text hashtag sevens, that's S-E-V-E-N-S to 778. 708- 402-9680 for your chance to win. We'll be giving away a four-pack each week until the event. Text hashtag sevens to 778-402-9680. And folks, the event, there's two big events next week. You got sevens next weekend, not this one coming up. And on Thursday, you've got the Canucks Army watch party uh, presented by Greta. Make sure you go get your tickets, nationgear.ca. You'll find it under the parties tab uh, on Canucks Army. But now it's time for not the tune-up, my scripts all say tune up under the hood brought to you by Mr. Lube. Okay. Can I call, call an audible here? Let's do it. Okay. So originally we were going to talk about Ilya Mikheyev on that third line, not yes. fitting well, but we kind of touched on it already because sure. of um, uh, the interview we, we just did with uh, Wyatt. So I wanted to highlight in the third period when the Canucks had to kill off an early penalty, JT Miller deserves some love for, the excellent PK shift he had because remember in that moment, the score I believe was three, one. So if Detroit scores on this power play, they're within one and they have nearly the rest of the, the period to come back in that game. Potentially it would have been a momentum shifting moment on that shift. Miller first races back to break up a backdoor tap in play, which was massive. Yep. I basically saves a goal there. And then Shortly after, as the Red Wings continue trying to work the puck around the zone, then high in the zone, it's Miller disrupting a pass again. Puck leaves the zone, kills time off the clock. Detroit had trouble re-entering the zone after that. Didn't get anything on that power play. That shift, that PK sequence was all on Miller. And for a guy that hasn't always been known for his defensive chops, for him to come through... Um, clutch in that moment, I thought was a really important underrated moment of the game. 
Absolutely. I thought he was very good last night um, on the penalty kill. People wanted you to talk about Brock Besser. Uh, someone said he's wearing Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Well, this is what happens with, uh, first of all, we did TV <laughs> up for another negative anytime I go, well, it's under positive. the hood. It's under the hood. You just changed the oil, which is routine, yeah. all positive, nothing bad to report. But then I say, oh, by the way, I'm hearing this squeaky wheel and his name's Brock Besser. I will say, I thought his defensive engagement was better. He broke a cu- broke up a couple plays, so I thought his energy was better because you're right. He has been very quiet recently since the All-Star break. Not A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Creating a ton of chances offensively. He had one early in the first period in the slot that Miller teed him up for. But this is what happens for a goal scorer like Besser because he's not a player that kills penalties. He's not a player that drives play on his own. He's not a player that has the speed or dynamic ability to create chances by himself individually. The only time you're going to notice him is when he's scoring goals. So when goal scorers go through these ebbs and flows, they run hot and cold. When you run through a cold patch, you're not going to notice Brock Besser. That's part of uh, what he is as a player. I will say, I thought towards the end of the game, when it was 4-1 Vancouver, Detroit pulls a goalie with two or three minutes left. On a couple of occasions there, the way that the Canucks were just trying to pass the puck to each other and were just like, no, you score this empty netter. No, you score this empty netter. First with Lindholm and Pedersen. Yep. Lindholm gets the puck in the neutral zone, dishes to Pedersen. Because he wants Pedersen to get the point. Yeah, but then Pedersen sends it back because he wants, wants the, to hat get trick. the hat trick. And then the shooting lanes take it away and neither of them score. <laughs> and then Besser with a couple of attempts with the empty net- netter as well. The play where Miller goes five feet offside... <laughs> Everyone will point to that, but when Besser first got the puck in the neutral zone, he had a clear shot to hit it and snap that goal drought. Uh, that was um, that was pretty unfortunate. That should have, um, again, busted the goal drought, but I- I'm not too worried about Besser right now. Yeah, 
you want to see more offense out of him uh, soon, but it's part of the ebbs and flows of uh, of a goal scorer. Yeah, of course. And that was Under the Hood, brought to you by Mr. Lube, the pioneer of the no appointment warranty approved oil change. Now providing appointment free tire service and sales, find them at one of their 16 locations across the lower mainland. To find your nearest location, visit them online at mrlube.com. Anyone else, baby? I do not have it in front of me. One I'll sec, get, sorry. I'll, I'll come in for the save. Get your anyone else ready. Do you, you better have a good one for today because I got a few. Because it's time for anyone else presented by DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's all capital letters, NATION, and the numbers 25. Offer value in Canada, subject change, terms, of course, do apply you saved me like a no Juleson shop block that's that's a beautiful analogy you've already hit your quota for anyone else that's a great contribution to the show i feel like we kind of glossed over this the Canucks could go 10 and 17 and hit 100 points on the season wow. 10 and 17 they got 27 games left they could go 10 and 17 and still hit 100 points they're on pace to hit 119 points which would be two more than the 2011 canucks i ask again Harmon, is this team better than the 2011 canucks I asked you Please a month don't. ago, and I defiantly said yes. I don't want to compare this uh, team to the 2011 one. This yeah. is its own iteration. It's different. It it's is fun. Different. It's exciting. But let's just enjoy it for what it is. Exactly. And, and, and in all seriousness, because I threw out that take defiantly, but you know, if you really dive into the roster construction and the numbers, I think a really interesting exercise to do is look at how the 2011 team was constructed compared to their peers in the NHL, right? Because roster construction is different. Uh, on paper, is the center depth that the, the Vancouver Canucks this year have better than the one the 2011 team had? Yeah, probably. Like Elias Lindholm is better than Manny Malhotra, Max Lapierre, right? Like they have they have better center depth, but the way teams were constructed back then, there was no, oh yeah, you need three lines that can score. Like that that wasn't happening in the NHL yet. It was a It was a very clear... Top six, bottom six. It wasn't until a few years later, nine, ten years later, if you're Jim Betting, that that idea started to change. That it was okay. We need three lines that can score, and even hell, they've got four lines that can score on a lot of different teams. So uh, I, it's a really interesting exercise. I think it's one we'll probably dissect more at a later date. But you know, it, it's so hard to compare those two teams just because the trends with roster construction in the NHL are just so different now than they were back then. But what I will say is compared to their peers, it feels like this team's roster construction and just, you know, like, I don't want to use the term lucky, but they're very fortunate to have the best third line in the NHL. Like, none of us thought they were going to have this third line in the NHL. Hell, we were talking about how secondary scoring might be a legitimate concern for this team, like a week into the season we were talking about that, right? And, you know, they they end up having the, the best third line in the NHL. And again, compared to their peers, that really puts them at a new level. Even the blue line, I mean, it's... Yeah, Hughes and Hironik are out of this world right now, one of the best defense pairs in the NHL. But the Canucks don't have a true second pair, if you really think about it. That's a great take. Right? I mean, Cole Myers is a fine, competent D pair, but it wouldn't be most contender second pair. Neither would Zdorov Juleson right now. And, of course, when Susie comes back, you've got something that more closely resembles a second pair, but the Canucks have done this. They've accomplished this amount of success, mostly without Susie. He's missed so much time this year. That's an area that surprises me. And I I think what they've stumbled upon here 
is a case of let's load up the first pair. We have an elite number one uh, duo there. They're going to drive unbelievable results. And then we have a bottom four that we deploy relatively evenly. Yep. And they just need to hold their own, which they've done a lot better than last year. Because even if you discuss, yeah, Hughes and Heronic have been unbelievable. I mean, Hughes's results last season were at five on five. I don't want to say almost as good, but they were still dominant. They were still elite. They were still among one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And it's just that when the second and third pairs were on the ice, their goal differential was abysmal. As in, we should be part of the Connor Bedard uh, sweepstakes. Yeah. Whereas this year, they've got a positive goal differential, even when Quinn Hughes isn't on the ice at five and five. Yeah, and Grady told me we've got a uh, question from the Facebook chat that we're going to get to here. Is McKayev worth trading to get his salary off the books? And what return can we get to help for the playoff run? Or do we get a return with better help for Abbotsford instead? Look, the trade deadline's like two weeks away. We saw the Canucks take this approach with Andre Kuzmenko where they said, hey, you know what? You might be fine somewhere else, but you're not fine here. We're going to have to give up an asset to get one back, but also get rid of your money. I don't think we're there yet with Ilya Mikheyev, a guy that this management group, you know, targeted and they really, really like. And not say they didn't target Kuzmenko, but obviously Kuzmenko's situation is just a little bit different uh, than Mikheyev. I think they're going to stick it out with Mikheyev. I don't think we're going to see him get flipped at the deadline. Yeah, it's tough to move a contract like that. Uh, two years left at $4.75 million. He's got a 12-team no-trade list. Um, it's it's just difficult, especially because the construction... I was going to say this year and next are inflated in terms of the salary relative to the cap hit. So if, even from an ownership perspective for an acquiring team, it's a lot to take on. But then the final year is only 4.15 in, uh, in base salary, so it's not quite fully backloaded. So that at least makes it a contract that you perhaps can look to move uh, in the offseason if that's the conclusion yeah, you come just to. just don't think it's ahead of the trade deadline. And also, he is still, let's remember, coming off a partially torn ACL. Yep. It takes guys time to get back up to speed after that. You hope that there is a case where he where he can improve that speed. If it's not this season, then maybe next season. And that it's not an Antoine Roussel-like situation where he's just lost the foot speed for good. And not that McKay's slow, but we don't see the explosiveness that uh, really made him a distinguishable player on the ice. Okay, we've got a lot here. Uh, I did want to also highlight, obviously, Canucks first team to 80 points. They have a six-point lead in the NHL standings. On There's a few teams that are at 74 points, but uh, we're going to bring this up later in our Betway Bet of the Day. The clear favorites to win the President's Trophy after uh, what we've seen lately. They've got a 12-point lead. This is, I don't want to say the more important thing because it's not the more important thing, but it is important and it's worth keeping an eye on. A 12-point lead on the Vegas Golden Knights for top spot in the Pacific. Like that is just like we all thought, right? Like we're heading into March soon and a 12 point lead on Vegas. Like, come on that. I No, no one expected this. No one expected this. Uh, another thing last night, I loved seeing the Canucks just going for it on the empty net. Like all the hail Mary attempts that we were seeing from their own end. That was awesome. Thatcher Demko, obviously uh, with the attempt at a goalie goal would have been awesome. For reference, I want to pull up a lineup for uh, take some time to look through other questions. I want to look up what uh, the Canucks lineup a year ago today looked like. Do it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll occupy because there was a really good one that I saw here. Uh, This one. 
I don't know how to pronounce the name. I apologize. Uh, he asked if there is any chance we get the black skate jersey during the playoffs. Seems like they keep winning with them at home. This is the thing to note. You can only bring two jerseys in the playoffs. You can't wear your alternates in the playoffs. I read that somewhere. Maybe it's a lie. I think it's true, though. Um, if, if I'm wrong, someone in the chat, tell me. I'm th- I think I'm right on that, though. You can only bring two jerseys in the playoffs. So do the Canucks wear the white orcas on the road and go black skate at home? I think absolutely yes. I think you absolutely do it. You do. You don't. You don't go into playoffs with the Blues. You don't. I hadn't really thought about that yet, so I don't have a concrete take. You don't need to think about it. It's vibes, baby. Black skate. True. I like the black skate. Thank vibes. you. There you go. Black skate vibes are good vibes. Okay. Do you have this? Ready? Yes, I okay. do. Okay. So the Canucks lineup, February twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. So not exactly a year, but right around the ballpark. Brendan Batchelor, warm up Canucks lines versus the Boston Bruins, who are in town, pretty coming coming into town pretty soon now. Okay, so first line: Kuzmenko, Patterson, Bavillier. Oh yeah, nothing um, surprising there. Garland, Miller, Besser. Okay, so the top six isn't bad. This is where it gets rough. Dries, okay? Dries is the center. He's not. Let but me he's guess close. the lineup. Okay. Okay, so third line, and this is what February sixteenth. Uh, this is February twenty fifth. Okay, February twenty fifth of last year. Uh. Okay, so Horvat was gone. So, okay, obviously, Bovillia was in the lineup. All right, the third line center was, it wasn't Sheldon Dries. Was it Neil Saban? Close. It's uh, Aturatu, actually. Oh, I forgot about that. You got a that. little yes. uh, showcase there. So, third line of Pod Coles and Ratu and Dries. That's a line. That's literally, that be that's line not even Abbotsford's top line. <laughs> <laughs> and then a fourth line of Joshua, Aman, and Stanika. Now he gets even better, okay? The blue line... Oh boy. Quinn Hughes and Ethan Bear. Yes. Your top pair. Christian Wallanen and Kyle Burroughs. Third pair of Guillaume Breeze, Botala Myers, and then Archer Seelov's in net. <laughs> That's Isn't insane. that wild? And like, let's not forget, Seelov's was getting a look because, first of all, he played great in Abbotsford and he's a great goaltender, but also because Delia and Martin were the other goalies and they were just awful. Yeah, you have one. Top four caliber defenseman. You have Archer Silovs, an un- unproven uh, pro in that. That's insane. Like, that's insane that that was the lineup a year ago. That's yeah, actually you have crazy. No bottom six. No bottom six. Like, none. That's like almost a AHL roster, half an AHL uh, roster. Uh, exactly. And you think about what, like, Dakota Joshua was the fourth line winger on that team. Think about his rise this year. Like, He's already obviously matched his goal, point totals, all that. He's already matched all that. But man, like, he's become such a player that's so hard to replace in the Canucks lineup right now. Man, I don't know if anybody has an Apple Watch. Does anybody else get really annoyed that Siri just randomly starts up? Yeah. It happens to you too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's I, the worst. I didn't ask for you to talk. I get, you know what? I've been saying this for months that I got to figure out how to shut this damn thing off because I never, ever want to, I've never used, never intentionally used it. Only by accident. It was worried for worried for you when uh, it heard the Canucks uh, lineup there. Yeah, that's right. Siri jumped in like, please don't talk to me like that. All right. Do you um, need some help? What? He needs lots. We got to go over what changes happen. Like, where all those players are now. And I, we don't have to do it right now. But it's just like, let's, you know what we'll do, Harm? We'll look at the lineup. In the AHL. We'll look at the lineup from the last game of the season last year. To this year, because then you're you're gonna get Cole McWard, you're gonna get Akito Hirose, oh my goodness, you're gonna get Aiden McDonough. Those guys are all in the lineup. Yeah, like those guys are all in the lineup. (laughs) 
that's wild that's wild okay um <clears throat> yeah we've got man okay we've got so much nar where outside the rink should we put jim rutherford's bronze statue it, okay if this team wins a cup jim rutherford gets statue. oh yeah for sure okay i'm just making sure we all agree on that okay can you imagine that would be one of the most dramatic turnarounds from where this yeah club was a yep. year ago and even Unheard going of. back through that roster you just said, like, look at the amount of guys that have come in. Yeah. And that's where this new management team, well, can we even call them new anymore, gets credit. Yeah, people want to throw back, oh, the core of Jim Benning. But last time I checked, that core wasn't good enough to get him in the playoffs. It's really the depth pieces up and down the lineup, forwards, goaltending, defense, that's really made a difference. Also, like... Putting away all context, if I just told you on paper, it's like, yeah, Jim Rutherford's going to come in. His first big decision is going to be to trade the beloved captain, bet on JT Miller, who at the time wasn't very, you know, like wasn't showing a ton of effort, all this stuff, all these issues that people had with JT Miller, whatever, you know, decides to trade away the beloved captain. And it just puts puts all his chips in on Philip Peronic and absolutely crushes it. Miller was almost traded again, or almost traded then after yeah. to Pittsburgh. Too. And how crazy do we think it was when you know, like we were talking about, uh, you know, the the potential Miller trade with Pittsburgh? How we were, t- how crazy everybody thought it was that the Canucks didn't want to do a trade that was rumored to have two first round picks, or they wanted two first round picks, or something like that, and they weren't they weren't willing to move on from Miller for that cost. You just look at all these moves now, and you go back; it's it's insane. It's an insane turnaround. It's unprecedented. The moves that they didn't make are nearly yeah. as important yeah. as the ones they did actually make. Miller's Besser, one of them. Garland. Besser, Garland. Uh, even Tyler Myers. Before Demko's turnaround down the stretch, do you remember when just lightly there were some insiders speaking yes. about how Demko might yes. be on the market, yes. how he might be available? Yeah, I do remember that. And that didn't even sound insane at the time yep. because he'd, got, he'd struggled, then gotten hurt, and you're thinking – are the Canucks about to tear it down and rebuild? And you also were wondering about the timeline. Like, it, okay, and yeah, like if you're going to tear it down and rebuild, sure. But also, are you going to continue to be in this mushy middle because your team up front sucks, but you have a really, really solid goaltender? Because like that's kind of what the Calgary Flames are at right now with Jacob Arkstrom, it feels like. And obviously, they have Dustin Wolf and Dan Willard coming, and that plays into it too. But like by all accounts, the Flames are trying to move on from Jacob Markstrom and. Yeah, like Jacob Markstrom's the main reason that team is even sniffing a playoff oh, spot. Yeah. But they're look, credit to Conroy, right? First year GM being pretty honest with themselves in Calgary right now, it would seem. Okay, we got a lot of good ones here. Um uh, what did I have here? I had one that I really wanted to get in. Oh yeah. Um the Fanatics jerseys. Or right, let's get to that at the end. Let's get to the end. It's kind of baseball talk. And it is it is really topical to hockey, and I do want to talk about it quite a bit, but um let's stick with all the all the hockey talk because we got so many in the chat here from our listeners um this is from captain canuck when the canucks have the lead on a power play we need two defensemen on the ice we need to change how we're playing with the lead i like it with the lead i like thinking about that but i'd also raise you a situation where you want the power play to get as many reps as possible and just splitting up that unit for any stretch of time like I maybe maybe I get it a little bit more in the playoffs if you're protecting the lead you want two defensemen out there I get it like maybe if it's the playoffs but during the regular season I'm giving those guys as many reps as possible to tune themselves up for the playoffs I agree I don't think that um, you need two defensemen out there unless it's 
high leverage moment. There's only a few minutes left in the game. Yeah. And the the potential gain of a power play goal isn't isn't worth the potential risk of uh having four forwards on the ice. Yeah. Um we didn't really talk about it. Nils Huglander getting some power play time last night. Thought he looked really good in the net front position. Uh, really good at continuing the cycle. And he has that deceptiveness with the puck. And again, that low center of gravity, all that stuff that we always talk about with him and Connor Garland. He fit in seamlessly, kind of like we would have expected uh, Nils Hoaglander too on the power play. Yeah, Talkett said that he's going to continue to give Hoaglander a look there. Liked what he saw from, saw from him. Actually said that he wanted to see that unit direct more pucks towards the net through traffic so that Hoaglander, because of how good he is around the net, yeah. could have been more involved because the second unit, I remember one play where they f- they made a pass across to Hoaglander. He got a got a stick on it, and it was a dangerous scoring chance, but it deflected in a way that um, he, he wasn't able to get the chance on net. But it's, outside of that, it didn't feel like the unit did a great job of creating chaos around the front of the net, which is where Hoagland is going to thrive. Nar, does Aquilini, Francesco Aquilini, deserve any credit for the turnaround? He calls it a spicy topic. Uh, Yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He flew to Jim Rutherford's house and brought him out of retirement. Yes, he deserves credit for identifying Rutherford, but... Don't give me but. Well, (laughs) did you see on Spin Chicklets where they were just raving about Canucks ownership? All right, we're not doing that. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're not doing that on this show but i did see that yeah. yes well yes I, i'm fully with you they identified the right hockey ops that deserves a lot of credit but you can't if you're going to credit them for that you also can't ignore all the previous years where they had jim benning in charge okay. and had this mandate of keep making the playoffs keep making the playoffs uh, i'll say this when benning made the oel trade as a last ditch hail mary mm-hmm. People will blame Benning for that. I actually think that as a franchise, your ownership group should never put a GM in that spot where he's making a reckless trade like that to save his job. Fair enough. Because and, and look, like we, a move like that gets okayed by ownership. We yeah. know how pro sports works. So, I mean, and remember, that was at the end of the 2021 season where the majority of this fan base wanted Jim Benning gone anyway. Yeah. And they let him continue for one more offseason which created a ton of damage. That was his last huge steam and dump right in the middle of the ice and walked away. So you have to you have to play it both ways. You're right. You're right. But also, uh, this one from Nar, I give Aquaman quit credit. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> credit for realizing he needed to stay away from hockey ops. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, we, we hear rumors, all that sort of stuff, and we're not going to get into that. But um, ever since Rutherford's come here, one thing we've heard is that, and we've heard this from Rutherford, right, is that, yeah, like I'm allowed to do my job and I I communicate with Francesco, but it's not like there's any, you know, meddling or anything, all the rumors and stuff that we've heard. Nothing like that with Rutherford from everything we've heard. Approving the, approving the OEL buyout is a big one. And there I'll you give, go. That's I'll another one. For That's that. an, and and here, here's one for you, Harm. Further the question of does Aquilini deserve credit? What what does this team look like this season if Francesco says, you know what? No, I don't want to approve the biggest buyout in NHL history. Like you're what? not going to have this depth. You're not. You're not going to have that depth. You're like God knows what you're doing well, next year. He fixed year. his own problem there. If you think about it, that's you're right. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Now we now we've given too much credit. Someone said fixed his own mistake. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Exactly. There you go. Uh oh, Captain Canuck, don't make it. No, no, we're not even it. He goes, is Rick Tockett better than Pat Quinn? I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, not no, touching that. Not touching it. Not touching it after one season. No, I am not touching it. He's a good coach. Rick Tockett's a good coach. Uh everybody on this show knows that we both really, really like him. Uh okay. Did I get anything else? Oh, you know what? I wanted to get this in and someone asked about it. Um yeah, he asked about keeping Casey Smith to Dakota Joshua. I'd say I'd say Dakota Joshua. You can get a backup goalie. Um, and not to diminish what Casey Smith's done. In fact, what I really wanted to say in anyone else today is that I'm surprised at how much Thatcher Demko is playing. Not surprised, maybe surprise isn't the right word, but it's going to be tempting. You see that President's Trophy right there. It's going to be tempting to ride Demko, but they have had a plan this year. They have stuck to that plan extremely well. There is no reason that Thatcher Demko should start over 60 games. This year. Hell, 50, 55, 55 is probably a more appropriate number. There's no reason that Thatcher Demko should start over 55 regular season games. He's the first goalie to 30 wins as well. I wanted to bring that up. Uh, he's starting to tie all the records that Roberto Luongo set. Uh, in the early 2010s, late 2000s. And anytime you're in that conversation, you are doing something right. Okay, do you have anything hockey-related? Because I wanted to bring up this Fanatics thing. I'm I'm done. You can go ahead. Okay, and I told you this briefly before we went to Aaron. For those that don't know, basically what's happened with Major League Baseball, uh, p- pitchers and catchers have reported teams are starting to report for spring training. Baseball season is upon us. And what we're seeing is these new jerseys. And pull up this picker, picture of uh picture of white Sox picture pitcher goodness michael kopech um grady if you could pull this up from the white Sox, and to those on the podcast you've probably seen the photo on twitter if you haven't just search fanatics mlb it's going to be the first thing you see on the left you see what last year's jerseys looked like and on the right you're seeing what the new jerseys look like the lettering is smaller the numbers look awful um players were saying that it's not stitched on anymore it's like heat pressed and they're selling these for the price of regular jerseys like 175 bucks us is what they're selling these damn things for and the players are not only you know not only do they not look good but there was an article in the athletic uh from angels camp that the players really don't like it as well and we've got these two quotes here uh from carlos estevez and taylor ward um this one from taylor ward angels outfielder he said it looks like a replica it feels kind of like papery it could be great when you're out there sweating it may be breathable but i haven't had that opportunity yet to try that out but from the looks of it it doesn't look like a 450 dollar jersey and then estevez commented on the functionality of the jerseys and to me this one and why it touched on this as well this is an even bigger indictment on these jerseys now again I, i know we're talking about hockey here in the sense of fanatics is coming on as the manufacturer and the designer for next year's nhl jerseys that's worrisome in itself because these jerseys were designed by nike manufactured by fanatics and look nike's putting their stamp on these so you feel like something's gonna happen especially when you're getting quotes like these from players but Look, we, we've seen problems with Fanatics for a very long time. This is what Carlos Estevez said, Angels reliever, about the jerseys. At his locker, Angels reliever Carlos Estevez was in a tizzy over the new threads. He pulled out a couple tops and pairs of pants to show that the shades didn't match. He laughed at the spacing and shrunken nature of the lettering on the back of the jersey, and he bemoaned the fact he can't customize his pants to his preference, the way pitchers once could, tailoring the fit to their big dumpers and tree trunk thighs and why it pointed out as well a guy's on the mound and he he can't feel like a hundred percent because of the clothes he's wearing because of the uniform that he's mandated to wear 
they're going to have some serious problems over there. Uh, and yeah, people are, uh, yeah, Nick P. I missed the whole show, but I'm glad I showed up for the anti-fanatics rant. Those jerseys are trash. Uh, go to the front of the show, Nick. You missed something good right off the hop. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> you'll want to go there. And Rohan's asking if this is the only platform we're live on. No, it is not, but you have the best chance of getting your comment right if you're on the YouTube live show. Uh, we've also got on Facebook, and look, Jesse Bremner as well on Facebook, fittingly, said, don't buy these jerseys, force the prices to come down. You can get better jerseys on like DH Gate right now. I was going to say, <laughs> when you first showed the pictures comparing last year's to this year's with that White White Sox uh, picture, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, you doing baseball talk. I thought the New Jersey's were knockoffs. Like you could have told me, oh yeah, those are knockoffs from some shady um, yeah, DH overseas yeah. website. <laughs> and I would have been like, oh yeah, sounds about right. Oh yeah, it's not good. Those are going to be sold for $450? I, 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 well, I actually don't know why he threw out that figure. I don't think they're 450 Even if they're like 250 Yeah, which Yeah, which I think they will be. It's I think nuts. they will be 250 It looks like it costs 10 bucks. I'm just glad I bought, I bought a Julio Rodriguez jersey. The one that's when we do our remote shows, the yeah. one that's behind me. I bought that last year, and it's a beautiful jersey. It's a beautiful, beautiful jersey, but I wonder how this ends. Um, and obviously the reason I bring it up is with the context of the NHL switching literally next year, folks. New jerseys coming next year from Fanatics designing and manufacturing the jerseys i also saw somebody on canucks twitter they were going to attend a road game so canucks fan in a u.s city i think they'd ordered a queen hughes jersey and it was hughes with 34 as the nameplate like come on that's embarrassing can't happen and we've seen hughes misspelled too oh geez i haven't seen that quinn hugh i think that one was that that one might have been a photoshop right I, I I might be I think that one might have been a Photoshop someone trying Who to Who knows troll. these days, man? The well, that's the thing. That's so the bad. thing. You go there's like full Twitter accounts dedicated to the quality of fanatics yeah. being piss poor. Fanatics sucks. Yeah, exactly. That's a good name. But anyways, just something to watch, something that I noticed in baseball. Thought it was relevant for this show. So sorry I brought up hockey or baseball on a hockey show. It's but. got a it's got a hockey Yeah, it does. Uh, but let's get to our Betway bet of the day. And I brought this up earlier. Greedy, can we pull up the president's trophy odds as they stand? Because folks, you're gonna guess. Uh, what my Betway bet of the day is. But can we pull up the odds first? Because it shows that the Canucks are the favorite by quite a bit to win the President's Trophy. You got the Canucks at plus 175, the Dallas Stars at plus 500, the Florida Panthers at plus 500, the Bruins and Jets at 800, and then it goes down Rangers, Oilers, Avalanche, lower. But the Vancouver Canucks at plus 175, by far uh, the favorite to win the President's Trophy. And why wouldn't they be harmed? Why wouldn't they be six points up on everybody? It's going to be a good battle when Winnipeg comes to town tomorrow. We'll be back on Tuesday to break it all down. But for our Betway Bet of the Day, today it is the Vancouver Canucks to win the President's Trophy. A $10 bet at plus 175 odds returns you $27.50 over at, you guessed it, Betway. It must be 90 plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. So don't bet on the Bruins to win the President's Trophy. This is a good week. Good week of shows. A lot of fun. I got my baseball talk in and was able to disguise it enough as hockey talk. So it was a good show. It was a good show. It was a good week for Canucks hockey. And like I said, we will be back on Tuesday to break down Saturday's game against the Winnipeg Jets. And we'll have another game at 11 a.m. on family day as well. So enjoy your long weekend, everybody. Spend time with your families. Uh, for my co-host, Harmon Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, my name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. 
Canucks conversation with Harmon and Quads brought to you by the Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X's fresh look is just an added bonus to its range since you can drive up to 406 kilometers on a single charge. That's enough to get you from Kitsilano to Whistler or Kamloops to Kelowna and back and still be home in time for the game. Now that's what we'd call electric. The best part, by choosing electric, you can get up to $11,000 in rebates and incentives the BZ4X are in stock and selling quickly, so make sure to visit shoptoyota.ca or your local Pacific Toyota dealer to get your hands on one. Canucks Conversation is live Monday through Friday, every weekday at 2 p.m. over on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and interact in the YouTube live chat every day with us, folks. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.